At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Presented by Wingstop. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Yeah, we ain't stopped. We're here. Three locations, 28th and Superior. We're at 50th and O Street right now, 29th and Pine Lake Road. If you're feeling froggy, www.wingstop.com. Order carry out or delivery online. Lemon pepper, original hot, hickory smoke, atomic mango, habanero, Cajun spicy Korean rub, uh, Louisiana rub, mild garlic parmesan, and Hawaiian. And they got the spicy corn. Get down here now. I'm, I'm speaking with my big brother, Brandon Stye. Um, Sty, you've been around here a while. The state of Nebraska football as you see it. Well, you know, I, I get asked this question a lot. And, you know, I think it really all started. The downturn and when Frank was fired. And, you know, it's been discussed quite a bit. And when that happened, you know, there was a there was a change in kind of the philosophy, and and really, what what frustrated me, obviously, with Frank being fired, I was very frustrated, uh, undeserving. Uh, but people thought that uh, you know things needed to be changed and doing things a different way. And when you lose sight of what got you there, uh, a lot of times, you know, for whatever reason it may be. Uh, can be a bad thing. Not, there's certain situations where it can be a good thing, but I think that that was when the, the beginning of kind of the downturn uh, for Nebraska football happened. And, you know, with that being said, a lot of things, you know, go into that. It's, uh, you know, our strength and conditioning program to the type of athletes we recruited. Now, the game of college football has completely changed. I mean, we're – Offensively and defensively, uh, in different uh, styles. Um, but again, I, I think that there's ways. Even though, you know, you, you want to try to change some things, you you keep the things that got you there, uh, but that you you evolve off of that. And um, a lot of things changed in that direction. Uh, I thought Callahan had his own vision, and certain other people uh, wanted it to change. Uh, people that were in places of decision-making uh, and hiring people and having the ability to change things. Um, you know, Callahan was a very successful coach, and he's an incredible offensive line coach. He's got a great mind, a uh, very complicated system. Uh, if you were a coach in that system, I'm sure uh, the Joe Gans of the world will tell you it wasn't easy. Um, you know, but then, you know, he had some success, and you look at, 
you know, the defenses back then, you know, if we had been successful defensively with Callahan, who knows? I mean, Callahan still might be the coach. Then you hire Bo Pelini, and he brings in a total different mindset. Um, these four walls, everybody inside, the players love them. I coached with them for three years. Uh, all of the, the players just absolutely would run through, uh, you know, would run through a brick wall for him. Unfortunately, he had uh, some issues to deal with. And, you know, when you're a head coach, you're a CEO. And he was learning. You know, it was his first rodeo when he got that job as a head coach. And so I, I did witness him trying to improve and evolve as a head coach. Um, you know, he, his door was always open. Sometimes a lot of people wouldn't go in that door because um, they were a little, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say afraid, but uh, uh, were cautiously kind of walking a fine line with Bo. Um, you know, his inability to, to handle administration and, um, you know, the media uh, is well documented. I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, and then it got to a boiling point. And then Riley came in here and it was, you know, I, I, I want to use some language on your, on your radio. But <laughs> I was, hey, PG 13. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Bryce was recruited by Riley and I got to spend some time with him. I did some radio. And so I was always kind of around, uh, Riley and his staff, and you know, I really liked Kavanaugh. I thought he was a good offensive line coach, uh, kind of old school, old guard. Um, some of the philosophies and technique and all that stuff. But um, you know, the whole entire system that he had here, they got away from. And I, I don't, I don't know that they managed it well. They didn't know really how to manage that size of a team when he first came in. He was talking about getting rid of the walk-on program. Got a lot of pushback on that. Um, so again through the process, you know, you, you think about coach Osborne and his coaches and, and how long it took them to get to where they were. Um, and, you know, looking at all different angles, the walk-on program, the type of athlete, the type of system, the, you know, strength and conditioning program, all of that. These were innovative things that coach Osborne started, you know, and then off the field, you know, our, everything around our nutrition and, you know, our academics, the innovation, and really trying to stay one step ahead of really what was out there. Um, you can lean on that and look at Nebraska as being kind of the, you know, the torch that was, was out there. Everybody wanted to be like Nebraska. And then you get to a certain level and it drops off because of complacency or you think you need to do it a different way. Um, you know, and so here we are, you know, you go through the Riley era and, you know, of course, Scott was having a lot of success and he came into a situation where quite frankly, you know, a week, be a week before, um, so he was hired and the week after that, they had to sign the class that Riley had recruited, kind of pigeonholed, right? And then you have this whole roster and you're trying to implement not only your system, the culture, the strength and conditioning, the nutrition, and, you know, the two hires that he made immediately with Dave Ellis with nutrition and Zach Duvall with Husker Power, uh, strength and conditioning, um, were game changers in trying to change um, that overall culture and system that was, you know, just a mess. And, you know, so, again, I mean, I think a lot of people talk about coaches. You give them three to five years to see a process and a culture change. And I think Scott and his staff, they have worked hard, so hard, and in the recruiting aspect of it, implementing putting players in positions to make plays and really figuring out how to change that culture um, 
bringing outside uh, resources in to help with that in the off season and really focusing in on the development part of it. And, you know, the state of Nebraska, you know, we just don't have the, the, uh, the size and the population base to reach into uh, talent. And there's talent in Nebraska. And it's important, I think, Scott, they, they focus on trying to get as many in-state players as they possibly can. And now with the portal and so many opportunities for players to go to a school and be on TV and be on the Internet, it's, it's much more difficult, um, you know, especially you know, when you're struggling on the field and you're not winning. Now, I can tell you the brand of Nebraska is still there. You know, Applewhite, when he came in, you know, the school that he was at before, he was down in, in uh, Texas at a high school and barely anybody noticed him, right? He turns around literally a month later and he's got Nebraska stuff on. He walks in and everybody's like, hey, Nebraska's here. So our brand is relevant. And, you know, from a, a TV I mean, our ratings are right up there. We're top five, top ten every single year. So Nebraska as a whole is is still relevant, but yet we're not winning the games. And I think Scott is on the path of putting in and plugging in the pieces, you know, from coaching to philosophy, uh, offensively and defensively, uh, the nutrition, the strength and conditioning. The academics are always the standards uh, are always high, and, and our student athletes do a really good job. So I'm excited. I mean, you saw last year, obviously, is, we, we should have won probably seven more games. Uh, it's just uh, unfortunate the way that things unfolded last year. And it, it really, from the get-go, Scott, you know, having that first game against Akron getting canceled and some of the other things that have gone on, uh, he really he needs to have, be on the other side of that, that coin of, of luck. And sometimes it takes a little bit of that, but it's the process – that I think that has been put into place that is setting us up for success. And so I'm very, very optimistic. And I know Trev uh, would reiterate those things. He believes, and not only Scott, but all of our coaches wants them to win. And we're in the business of winning. Um, but uh, we have to be able to, you know, you have to be honest with yourself uh, at the end of the day. If things don't, you know, unfold the, the way that it's, you know, intended to unfold, then, and then changes need to be made. But, at the same time, uh, believing in the process, and it's, we live in such an impatient society that, you know, it, you know, if you're not winning and losing, that's, you know, the end all. And, and it shouldn't be. It should be about developing the student athlete and, and having the resources to put them in a position to have successful lives. Yeah, I, I am, I'm with you 100 percent. I think this is this is definitely a make or break year. Um, for for the institution, for Coach Frost and, and, and the staff as well. Um, talk a little bit about Trev and, and, and how important Trev has been to um, this whole organization called Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, to, believe it or not, um, you know, when Trev got the job, he told me uh, we hadn't had any sort of strategic plan or optimistic plan in place for 15 years, and that's kind of hard to imagine. But, you know, I think you know, it's interesting, Trev's, you know, his career and how he landed in um, administration in college athletics. It was, you know, really an opportunity where he kind of like went to the cliff and said, I either jump or I don't. And he did. And at UNO over 12 years, um, you know, his first two years were very difficult, but he had to make decisions that were hard decisions. And, and being able to, you know, balance uh, – being comfortable in situations. So 
learning and developing the skill to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations is critical. And I, and so, you know, Trev doing what he did at UNO, um, I thought was a great foundation laid for him. And, you know, I, personally, I thought he should have been before Bill Moose, but you know, if Trev told you this, he, he did, it wasn't his time. He wanted UNO. He wanted to get UNO to that level of where it needed to be and, and adding uh, division one sports and, and, and really putting UNO in a great position when he left. And so with that being said, two things with Trev, number one, breath of fresh air and very happy, not only, um, you know, for the student athletes, but also for the athletic department as a whole, Trev is going to be the hardest working guy in the room in any situation. He'll tell you he has no hobbies. You know, he gets here at seven, leaves at, you know, seven. I mean, he's just all in and having that kind of leadership is important uh, in any organization, any business. And then not, not only that, but you look at, kind of his experience from the business side of doing things in college athletics, as well as from the student athlete side, him um, being a student athlete himself and having the passion and, and really, you know, understanding how Nebraska works. Um, those two things, you, you bring those two things together and it's the complete package. So it's, I think a lot of people will tell you this, um, you know, Trev has uh, the innate ability to be a communicator he always has. And on top of that, his leadership ability, um, even when I was playing, I always respected Trev. Uh, you know, we were friends. Uh, we were posing, you know, side of the line. Um, and even in the pros, I got to play against him a couple years there. Um, so it's, you know, my relationship with him, um, you know, has been kind of afar. But yet, uh, you know, when, you know, like you and I, we see each other, we just go back. You know, we don't hang out all the time. But uh, it's like that connection that Nebraska has. Um, with its athletes and its coaches and, and staff. What what if you had to identify one problem that can be fixed? Uh, what would that problem have been last year, and 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 what do we need to do to fix it? As far as on the field, yeah, I mean, if, if that yeah. like, like discipline, you know, jumping off sides, you know, not getting right. turnovers. Um, um, making bonehead decisions in the in the kicking game where you know we shouldn't be catching balls, we, you know, and, and yeah. just what what, I mean, I, what for you you're, is you're, it? You're is hitting it hitting the nail on the head with all of those? But it's the process. It's it's the preparation. It's turning up the heat um, when it comes to uh, you know practice. You know, um, you know, figuratively turning it up and, and holding guys accountable. And and really, you you have the ability to do that when you have depth. Um, because you know, you're asked to do a certain job. And first time as a coach, you make a mistake, it's on me. Shame on me. Second mm-hmm. time, shame on you, right? And so you have to make a decision to put somebody somebody else in there, whether it's a coach or a player. You know, you have to hold people accountable, and you have to have mm-hmm. discipline within your program. Because if you don't, then they just, you know, the, <laughs> the inmates run the institution. You know what I mean? Well, I, and, and I think that's that what happened, happened with Riley. It gets out of control. Yeah, and I think that's what happened with Riley. The inmates were running the institution, and it was getting out of control. But, you know, going into year five, um, you know, I, when I, just because I've been around here for different regimes, we have got to get our own backyard under control. We have got to get it under control first and foremost in recruiting. You know, like mm-hmm. like – when you think about the Mal- the, the Colemans of the world and the, and the other kid that's a receiver, big kid like that, 
I, to me, don't you have to get those guys, like the top ten guys in the state, don't you have to get them to be able to be to compete? Yeah, I think certainly, you know, that should be your target every single year. Um, you know, and that, that should be something that, you know, when you do capture those guys, it has a ripple effect. Uh, but let's just put it honestly. I mean, you know, when you're not winning games um, and there's NIL money out there and different opportunities to go somewhere else, uh, sometimes, you know, that <laughs> it's hard for a kid to say no to that. Um, and then there's also other situations like you take me, for example, in recruiting. I wanted to I wanted to experience the uncomfortableness. Right. And at, a, at an early age, that was that was hard for me because it's like if I do this, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to be around my family. I'm going to be far away. But at the same time, it was a challenge. It was it was learning how to you know do it on my own and, and being away from the nest, if you will. So there's certain situations where. You know, local athletes, they want to do that. They want to go carve their name out somewhere else and, and be a legacy somewhere else. But at the same time, you have to circle those guys and not let them get away because it, overall, the ripple effect of the recruiting is the more guys you have locally coming to your institution, um, you know, that's just going to, you know, down the line, you're going to get more and more players to come. And those guys are going to be advocates for you. Yeah, and I, and I listen, you're not going to get everybody, but – in, in in this day and age, if we recruit Nebraska the way that we recruited in the last 15 years, I wouldn't be at Nebraska. There'd be so many guys right. that wouldn't be at Nebraska. And so you got to get those kids because they're going to fight a little harder. And, and you're not going to tell me that if a kid can go to the Stanfords and then go on to the NFL, that he wasn't good enough to, to, to play at Nebraska. You know, there's, there's talent that can play, and then there's talent – that might not be necessary. They're, they're not scholarship talent. Either way, I think cultivating that relationship early, like all these super sophomores yeah. coming out, you know, when you cultivate that relationship early and often, people have more. There's a reason why Coach Osborne was able to walk into anybody's house, and I don't care if it's from the projects to Bel Air, and everybody be at awe at who he was and what he stood for. And we got to get to me. We got to get back to that. We got to get back to standing for something. We got to get back to because it it is the NIL day and it is transfer portal. So then, what state? Why would I want to recruit this kid? I want to tell the kid right now. Hey, if you're looking at getting in the transfer portal, I really don't want to recruit you. And the only how you can tell a kid that, like you said, hitting them between the eye, is I built the relationship with you. I'm calling you. I showed up at your your school. Now I don't know all the you know, the legal beagle stuff about uh, a coach is showing up. But, hey, man, relationships, relationships, relationships. And you know that being being that you're in, in, in the, the market of being, you know, development. Sure. Getting you know, money. That's the other thing about that. You talk about relationships. Um, you know, there's three pillars that I truly believe in in, in life, uh, whether it's coaching, I mean, in business, uh, you know, your own – household your friends it's number one the first pillar is relationships establishing that relationship uh, number two uh, is creating a rapport right so you have those two things uh, which are definitive to the last one which it, it, it provides you trust and so when you have those three pillars uh, it's much easier to navigate uh, difficult waters and when you talk about relationships it's not only 
the player and the family. It's the coaches. It's having those coaches be advocates for you. I, you know, I, I've heard multiple stories about, you know, the guys when, when we were playing, our coaches, um, they would have relationships with every coach in the state of Nebraska. And if there wasn't a kid at that school that he had a relationship with that coach, the conversation was, you know, if you got a guy, great, let us look at him, right? But then if you know somebody, you know, in the area or something that we need to look at, you know, let us know. And those were the relationships and the rapport and that trust that was shared uh, for a long time. And, you know, it's important that we don't lose track of the, the, the development of athletes. You know, yes, the athlete has uh, progressed as far as development earlier just because of the process of strength and conditioning and some of the, you know, the extracurricular things that these kids are getting involved in, which gets them ready even sooner. And that's for all sports, you know, women's basketball, you name it, across the board, these athletes are ready a lot sooner. But with that being said, an 18-year-old athlete still, you know, especially a male, has got about three more years of maturing into his body. You know, 21 is kind of the cutoff to where, you know, you grow in seven, seven-year spurts as you look at the human development in the male. So for me, think about it. when I came in, I was 245 pounds soaking wet. I left at 315. Now, you go back into that and you dive into, you know, the process, uh, you know, a, a lot of the impatience with these coaches and the systems and the, the pressure from the outside is you need to play now. Were you ready to play as a freshman, Gershon? No. Right? The mental <laughs> part of the game is so huge. The mental part, people don't talk about that more. I mean, you can look the part and you, you know, you go out there and you play like Jane, you look like Tarzan, you know, and it, it's a process of developing, you know, the reps, the, the confidence, the understanding of, of the, playbook all of that goes into the development of these guys and so having the patience and seeing these kids develop uh, but getting back to the relationship side of things uh, it's important uh, on all levels in, in the state of Nebraska you know Riley wanted to take away the walk-on program can you imagine I mean how disruptive that was to all the coaches uh, high school coaches in the state of Nebraska and think about our teams and how the foundations were built. A lot of those guys that were walk-ons became starters and earned scholarships. And you're seeing that with Scott's roster. You're seeing scholarships given, handed out to guys that deserved it that were walk-ons. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that, but certainly circling your top 10 and not, and doing everything you can to establish a relationship, you know, having that rapport and building that trust is important. But, you know, you know, Brandon, the thing that made us great, and I'm going to say it. The thing that made us great was the ability for the second, third, or fourth stream guy to get in. I remember in 95, I was fourth stream at tight end. Well, Gilman went down. Uh, um, uh, somebody else went down. So now I got to play. I'm thrown into the fire and, 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 and had some good plays. But my point is development they developed me into the player that I was. I didn't. Be, I came in as a fullback. Well, I left yep. as a tight end. It's only because right. somebody on the coaching staff said, "Well, wait a minute, this kid ain't helping us here, but he could help us here." The thing that I would like to see out of Coach Frost and the staff is to develop a guy from the rooter to the tutor. You know, because that's to me what's been missing is. The Brandon Styes who come in at 240 and leave at 315. You know how much more juice you got 
with the younger guys that see a Brandon Stye come in and you've been there over time, now it's easy for you to be a part of Unity Council and tell a younger guy like me, I don't want to see you back in the Unity Council. And I'll be like, yes, sir. You know, so I, I just yep. – I, I really want to see the development. I don't want to yep. depend on the transfer portal, NIL, all that stuff. This is still Nebraska, like you said. You walk in, you got a Nebraska shirt on. I got more juice and respect for playing for Nebraska than I did for playing in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. You know, right? the thing, I think bottom line is when you're developing these kids, um, it's, it, it comes down to reps. And Coach Osborne, he talks about this quite often. You know, the game has changed so much with time constraints and guys that are actually hands-on in practice as far as coaches. Um, you know, getting the reps was huge for us. Think about the stations that we had and the amount of reps that you had to where when and if that happened, hopefully the development in your mind, that confidence, right, not only from the aggressive side of the game, but also understanding the playbook and, and falling back on the amount of reps that you got in practice, you could plug and play. So, yeah, it's, it's an important piece to the development and, and how many reps that these guys get. And, uh, you know, it's difficult. I mean, it's, it's a, there's a kind of a fine line. you got to get your guys ready, the guys that are ready to play. And then, you know, that might be your first and second string guys. But remember, you know, when we were playing here, the reps that we got afforded the opportunity for, you know, our younger players, our third and fourth string guys, um, be able to get that practice time in and so when we did play the pacifics or you know we're blowing out the iowa states or whatever it was those guys were in the third quarter i remember we played ucla uh, my senior year and oh my gosh i mean it was incredible uh, our third and fourth string team was going against their first string defense and we were just rolling them you know it was just a yeah. credit to how prepared they were you know in the classroom in the meeting rooms the, the amount of reps they got on the field practice and then boom when, you're, when your name is called, you go out there and play with confidence, play at a high level. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because that was the, that was one of the first games that I actually got in and played mm-hmm. in 94 as a, as a redshirt freshman was that mm-hmm. UCLA game. So I, I'm with you uh, 100% on that. Big fella, man, it's been great. You, you got any parting uh, words for Husker country, ticket country listeners? Well, I tell you what um, – there's no better place in Nebraska. I've been a lot of different places, uh, the pro level, the college level. Uh, it's very unique here, and it's a credit to our fans, um, our season ticket holders. Uh, the passion that is shared here uh, at Nebraska is unlike anywhere else, and I couldn't be more proud to call myself a Husker. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Husker Nation, uh, they can be impatient, uh, and there's a lot of radio show, radio show talk shows out there, a lot of uh, naysayers, a lot of people that have their opinion um, believe in the system. Uh, the system is is built on a tremendous foundation of success and tradition. And um, you know, I, again, it's it's to be able to go to Nebraska uh, and go to Memorial Stadium on a Saturday and see you know eighty nine thousand people just screaming their lungs out wanting Nebraska to get over that curb when you're a 319 is amazing. And you're not going to find that anywhere else. Turn on the TV. Um, you know, go to any program that's, that's suffering as far as the win-loss column, and you'll see a stadium half full, a quarter full. You'll never see that at Nebraska. So kudos to Husker Nation. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to this season. 
not only in football, uh, but I, I see, uh, you know, a lot of great opportunities ahead for all of our sports. So thanks again to everybody out there. Hey, man, we appreciate you. I know we didn't have a chance to – day by day coming up, day by day yeah. coming up tomorrow. Yeah, day by – I tell you what, um, you know, Justin LaPera, who's the producer and director, they did an amazing job. Josh Davis and Mark Brungart, it was their idea. Um, it took over three years. Uh, the two-part uh, docuseries, the first one coming up uh, tomorrow night is the premiere at Rococo. It's called The Rise. Um, interviewing over 50 people that were in the program, whether you're a player or coach or staff. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a credit to uh, from the 94 season all the way to the last national, national championship season there, um, you know, with uh, the 97 team. Uh, you know, a lot of the nuts and bolts and some of the things that have never really been talked about. It's going to be pretty cool. I haven't had a chance to see. I've, I've seen the, uh, uh, the trailers. Uh, but super excited. I won't be able to be there. Um, leaving for Texas tomorrow to be with some folks down there in Dallas and Houston. Um, but on uh, Saturday, I'm going to hit it because there's a Saturday show at 4 o'clock. So it uh, should be great. Hey, give me your best Go Big Red. <laughs> Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Hey, listen. Stop. <laughs> you, hey, listen. I ask all these black shirts to give me their best Go Big Red. None of them. It's like they're afraid to say Go Big Red, man. Appreciate what? you, big fella. Come on, man. Yes. <laughs> hey, I, I'm telling you, I, 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 it's it's a, it's amazing. These black shirts think they're so tough that they can't say Go Big Red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I, understandably you so. Anywhere. You know, it's amazing. You know, I travel all over the place. And if I'm wearing anything in Nebraska, you'll walk by something in the airport. Go Big Red. Yeah, baby. Got it. It's still there, man. So it's still you know, there, brand man. is strong. Uh, we've got to get over the hump and get some of these tight, close games. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited about uh, the future of Nebraska football. Perfect. Hey, Brandon, give us that uh, if they wanted to donate. If we got some people that want to be a donor or get tickets, mm-hmm. what do they need to do one more time? Huskers.com and then Husker Husker Athletic Fund. So Huskers.com okay. and Husker Athletic Fund. And that's built within uh, both of those websites. So, um, and also you guys can reach out to me, bsty at huskers.com, or um, my cell phone is 402 617 8328, and I never turn my phone off. So, uh, looking forward to uh, obviously assisting folks uh, with any questions they have. Um, and, uh, you know, we're here. So, uh, looking forward to this, this project uh, getting finished, the Go Big project. Uh, the timetable right now is open next summer, 23. And um, I can tell you this, if it's not done and football is not ready to move in, they will not move into the facility because they don't want to have to do it during the season. So um, they're ahead of schedule. The winter treated us good, not necessarily for the farmers and water in the ground, but uh, we got plenty of rain, um, you know, in the last three weeks. And I think uh, as long as the seed was in the ground, uh, these guys are going to be in good shape. So anyhow, uh, thanks for your time. I appreciate it, Rashawn. Uh, always, always great to talk to you, and I will see you down the road. All right, man. Hopefully, you'll come back as well. Hey, that was Brandon Stein, my big brother in uh, in in the faith and in football, and uh, I look forward to seeing big things out of him as well. Hey, I'm still at Wingstop. Get down here, get you some food. www.wingstop.com. It's the captain on the ticket.